Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The one and only sausage and egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free-range egg, perfectly seasoned sausage, and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said. McDonald's. Breakfast done properly. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. The podcast that peeps through the keyhole of the weekend's rugby and sees only Alec Hepburn's bare bottom. I am Lee Calvert, and joining me over there is... I remain Josh Gardner. And you're joining me today, and we're joining you a whole day early, because Josh has to go and do work, yeah right, <laughs> in... Oh, it's a remix. Oh, hello. Let's go for the original. That's better. There we go. There's the drop. Indeed, the wild, wild west, but not Haverford West. So what's the story with this then, Josh? Who's the Tupac and who's the Dre in in this particular situation? Oh, I don't know. I've never beaten a woman. (laughs) And by that virtue, neither of us are Dre. (laughs) So you're off Hello. to California for a whole entire week, so I you won't be here next Cali- week either. Uh, no, I am off to California for uh, a week with work, and then a week to because I was in California anyway. Um, so yes, I will miss the opening round of the Six Nations, which is devastating, obviously. Uh, I'll try to get over it somehow. Now the opening round's a week after. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be back for next. I will be back for the next podcast after that. But I will be. I'm literally getting off a red eye plane at nine o'clock in the morning next Monday. So, yeah. basically, it could be an interesting human experiment, given that I don't sleep on planes. So by the time we come to record the podcast in a fortnight on Monday, I will have been awake for probably about thirty-eight hours. So, hang on. So, what date are you coming back from California? 
I come back from California on the 3rd of February. Oh, Jesus, you're there for yes. that long. Oh, yes. I thought it was only a week. Oh, no. So I am literally going to be the first thing, the thing that I'm doing to try and keep myself awake so that I don't just fall asleep the second I get back to <laughs> England is doing this podcast on a Monday night. And that doesn't on... only work for the people that listen, does it? So, you yeah, know. I mean, so all I'm saying is the next time you all hear me, <laughs> listeners, I might say some really weird shit. Can you divulge uh, what you're doing in, in California? Uh, yes, is, it, that, is, is that allowed or is it top secret? No, no, it's not top secret. Uh, in the it might not event, be interesting, but it's not top no, secret it's either. No, not interested. <laughs> the unlikely event that any listeners are attending, the uh, the, some, the Winter Nam show in uh, the Anaheim Convention Center in uh, Anaheim, California. Is that when they launch all the new guitars? It is indeed, yes. Uh, what does you know, Nam do, stand for? I keep seeing um, that. I North American... American. Oh, fuck, I should know this, shouldn't oh, come I? Come on, North Josh. America. I think it's North American Music. Uh, no, oh, it's National Association of Music Merchants. That's what it is. Ah, Sorry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, that's when Gibson and all that lot launch all their new shit. Basically, yes. So, in the unlikely event that you're listening to this and you're going to be attending uh, NAM next week and you see me wandering the show floor, uh, say hello. Unless I'm on video at that point. In, in which case, don't say hello. Wait till I finish. Because um, that'll be weird. So, you film filming videos over there. It's all very exciting. Uh, it's going to be a bit weird. Uh, yeah, don't look for those on YouTube. Uh, I, I'm certainly not going to be looking at the comments. But uh... <laughs> never read the comments. <laughs> so, comments. but yes, yeah. so I will. So we're recording this early, so that uh, so because I will be on a plane when we would normally record it. Yeah, it's like... but that means that it gives a weird sort of newsworthy quality to this because as we literally the second that we started this podcast, uh, Leinster versus Wasps and Bath versus uh, Toulouse have just finished. So um, yes. So we now know... Well, this has never happened to us before. It's like five, 10 past no, 5 on a Sunday. We're not really used to this, like being this level of sort of newsworthy, are we? No, we're not at all. Uh, what, have you been, what, would you, what have you been up to this weekend then? Because this is, this is so old, you might as well talk about that. Yeah, I... exciting? I mean, not really. I've been basically doing shit to get ready to go away because it's weird because I'm going away for like a fortnight. Well... We'll all miss you. I think the listeners will all tell you that we'll, we'll I mean, all miss you terribly. So. <laughs> I should fucking hope so, to be honest. I had my uh, first experience. I watched. I had my first experience of 4K Ultra HD television. Oh yeah. This week, I haven't bought one, but yeah, I, I've got one, and there's nothing ever on in 4K Ultra HD. Well, I I watched something in 4K Ultra HD, and mm-hmm. and frankly, found it slightly disturbing. Yeah, it's too real, isn't it? It's too real, but also then that somehow cheapens it. Because it makes everything look like a daytime American soap. Mm, lo- do, you know what, do you understand about, what I mean? They look like a Mexican like, soap opera. It's, it's almost like everything looks too well lit. And it does, that doesn't And there's make a kind sense. of Vaseline sheen to everything. It's really strange. <laughs> I imagine sport would be quite good in it. I will say that. Sport but I think films excellent. are probably not... I didn't get it with films. I like my films to look filmic. Well, like they were supposed to look when they were made. Not like know? it's like Samuel L. Jackson stood next to me with a light bouncing off his bald head. You know, I don't get it. <laughs> so I believe. Yeah, sorry about that, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, I complete. No, I completely agree. I find it. It's great for watching sports because it's everything. Everything's teeny teeny. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I also watched the film Vice. Oh yes. About Dick Cheney on a on a on a well on. A, Frankly, on a Jekyll app, which got it streaming. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, interesting. 
done by the same guy did the big short. So you know what you're kind of getting. Mm. Who also did Anchorman and all that stuff. Yes. But it's worth a look. I, right. I, it, it intrigues me, I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, other than that, I did. i tell you what I watched. I watched the uh, that documentary on Netflix about the, the uh, Fire Festival, the music the music festival for very rich people that was supposed to happen on a Bahamian island that was a complete disaster that ended up with loads of rich people having to have nowhere to sleep in the middle of a tropical monsoon. Was it a big con job, was it, or something? Basically, yes, but it is very funny if you enjoy a fair amount of Schadenfreude or a boat. <laughs> if you like watching rich, rich people have a miserable rich, time. Rich people yeah. having a shit time and throwing <laughs> their money down the well because they were silly enough to go and think that they could have a music festival on an island in the middle of nowhere. This recording on a Sunday seems, seems to make us even more leisurely in our meandering that's through stuff that's irrelevant, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? If you want to get in um, touch with the pod, I'm at yes. Blood and Mud or Lee at Blood and Mud .com and how do people get in touch with you? Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirtwatch, RugbyShirtwatch.com, all that good stuff. And we're also on Acast and iTunes and all that stuff. Thanks to people who leave reviews, although I'm not really bothered about that stuff anymore. No. Um, and we're also <laughs> on the Patreon dot com slash blood and mud if you want a bit of extra content yeah. we had another history episode on the pacific islands last week which was different to the others i think one because the mm. history is different and two because we ended up meandering about the state of pacific island rugby so yes, if that's something that you fancy then get stuck into that with to- professor tony collins who is always excellent so, things that things that i don't know like things that i'm i'm i have come into with absolutely zero knowledge i always enjoy it a little bit more i think Yes, that is true. That is true. Right then, um, shall we start yes. as we always mean to start and do yes. start that way with a player yes. spotted? Let's do that. Simon Brooker gets in touch on the DMs. Hello, Simon. Thank you for your for your DM. He says, player spotted. I spotted Super Gavin Henson. <sighs> Hello. I'm amazed, I'm amazed you've managed to survive, Simon, being that oh, close no. to his raw energy. Honestly. Um, he said, I spotted Super Gavin Henson in Brava in Poncana. Of course, he was in Poncana. Where else would he be? Yeah. He said he was in looking. Brava. Which is, if you don't know, Poncana is a very sort of trendy and nice suburb of Cardiff. He said, yeah. I was looking magnificent. He was he was looking magnificently mahogany, wearing a baseball cap to avoid the paparazzi. I think he had Eggs Benedict. His companion had what looked like a cooked breakfast. I'd like more details on his companion, Simon, to be honest. Was it yeah. a lady? Was it a man? Yeah. It looked like his wife. It looked like was it a child? Who was it? I mean, I'm surprised. Well, I suppose X Benedict is fine. Really. Said... I would have really enjoyed if he just like sort of completely dashed all of those sort of tales about him being incredibly clean living and really conscious of his nutrition. He's just <laughs> yeah. a massive fuck off fryer. <laughs> when I went to Chicago last year, I ordered eggs Benedict in a diner, mm-hmm. and when it mm-hmm. came, it was four poached eggs. <laughs> On bread with ham, obviously in sauce, and on the side came toast and hash browns. That is a bit excessive. It was, and it is just like, but obviously that's just normal. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Hey, let's be clear. I fucking ate it all, and I was quite happy about eating it all. But um, so thank you if you play spotted. If you have any players spotted, you can email them Liam Bloodymud dot com, or you can stick them under my direct messages. Are open. Thank you to everybody who. And I don't get I don't get any shit in there either. I get lots really? of like nice, oh, nice communication. I know, yeah, that's it now. I fucking have it now. I? <laughs> I get no abuse in there, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> right then, um, let's talk about the news. 
Although uh, normally, yes. normally see a lot of news comes out on a Monday. It doesn't come out on a Sunday. Yes. So we're trying to so we're catching up like on this, almost, aren't we? We're almost so we are the news. We're almost we're so newsy. We're here before the news. Um, the most pressing news that we have, uh, you know, has literally happened while we've been on air, of course, is that the uh, the quarterfinals have been confirmed for the Champions Cup. Uh, yes. We'll have Saracens versus Glasgow in a repeat of a group game. Uh, we'll have Racing 92 versus Toulouse. Uh, we'll have Leinster Ulster and we'll have Edinburgh Munster. So, uh, Ooh. a Glasgow going to yeah. Saracens again. Yeah. <laughs> and get beaten again. It's ridiculous, uh, isn't it? Toulouse have got to go to Racing 92, which, you know, and Ulster have got to go to Leinster, which, you know, uh, and Munster have got to go to Edinburgh, which, yeah, it's. It's weirdly I think Munster uncon- going to Edinburgh is a really interesting fixture. I think it's going to be a re- that's probably the pick of the pool for me. Mm. Like I know what I, I'm pretty much confident what's going to happen in. Well, I don't know actually. Toulouse could cause an upset at Racing '92 because they're French and anything could happen. Um, but Saracens Glasgow, I think we all know there's only one way that's going to go. Uh, Leinster Ulster, we've seen this movie this season already. Yes. Yeah. It, but yeah, Edinburgh Monster is the one where there's a, yes, that's got genuine, that's potentially very compelling. I think it is. Right. So I've just we just come on there just as the Leinster Wasp game was finishing. We have. Yeah. And uh, you know, it must be said that um, I don't know if if Wasp have got a band in their <clears> stadium, but they should have been <throat> playing some kind of New Orleans funeral march. They absolutely the entire, should have. the whole way through that game. Is that just because all of their players are fucking off as well? Yeah, that's the other thing, yes. Yeah. Which is also news. Nathan Hughes is has finally confirmed. Very nicely Bristol. done. Yes, extremely nicely done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Willie LaRue's off. He is off. Who can blame him, really? He's He's got back. Since he's been at Wasps, he's managed to get back in the Springbok side, which kind of means that he needs to be back in South Africa, really, doesn't it? Um, yeah. the Hughes thing is a little bit more you know today I think showed how much better Wasps are when Nathan Hughes is carrying hard because when he was back on in the second half and was hitting and yet was totally shit in the first half yeah well he got that knock early on and I think he probably yeah but when he came out in that second half it was like oh that's what he offers that's why Bristol are not wasting 500 grand a year because when he's you know, got a head of steam up and he's playing well. He is a uniquely unpleasant mismatch, particularly at that level. But yeah, and obviously the, we yet to hear if Elliot Daly's off to Saracens. But you know, they have signed Fakitoa and that all black prop. So, so that's the thing, isn't it, it, about this whole argument with Dai last week about the salary cap? But what are you doing? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? When you've got some headroom in your salary and a bit of money buying Melikai Fakitoa. Now, I'm not saying yeah. he's got a great player, yeah. but you're making that choice, aren't you? Yeah, instead of signing, you know, two or three players of, you know, a very good quality, you've gone for a player of, ex- you know, excellent ability. In fact, mm. is excellent. But, you know, you're, you're basically paying him for two players. Well, you've either got a long-term strategy or you haven't. No, and I think very much Wasps haven't at the yeah. moment. They're just throwing money at the wall. Anyway, Um and also, yes. Dai wore a white shirt with his number ones today, and he still got battered. Yeah, well, yeah, there's only discussions so that... on Twitter are prompting that he also wore a quilted jacket, and I yeah. think that will nullify the power of the white number one shirt. You see, it, it it's complicated, has. isn't it? It's complicated when it comes to well, imaginary clothing influences on well, performance. You, 
you can't wear you can't wear your number ones and then stick a bloody windbreaker on top of it, can you? You know that just totally ruins it. No, it's out of order. Yeah, um, well, what else have we got then? Owen Farrell needs a thumb operation. All the squads yes. out last week. We're not going to do all that because we've got time. But Owen Farrell needs a thumb operation, mm. and apparently he's going to be back in nine days and ready to play. Now, I'm, yeah, I mean, I don't sure. Know much about thumb off thumb operations, but it sounds a nope, bit of a reach. Never had one, but it seems like if he's if he's fit, that's fine. I'm not sure he's going to be exactly enjoying playing with a surgically repaired thumb nine days later. To be honest. Mm. And Jack Noel is a flanker now. Uh, yes. Also known as Eddie Jones is back. Yeah, Eddie is just basically just... He's fully inherited the sort of... The Warren Gatland man, like sort of mantle of just man who starts chucking shit around. But I think he does it in an even more silly way than Warren Gatland used to, to be honest. I mean, to be honest, it must be so boring doing these press conferences all the time. Yeah. So why would you not try and make it more interesting for, for yourself? And I think the reality of it is, is what looking at what he was saying about Jack Noel, was, you know, it's a very silly way to basically say, we'd like to get him carrying in field a bit more. Yeah, he's Because he's strong enough to do it. <laughs> he's basically like hyping something that is really very minor. What Eddie Jones saying, oh, I'm going to make him into a seven. It's like, no, he's not, like, you're saying that, but what you're actually saying is he's good over the ball and he could probably carry in the tight because he's a big lad. That's what... I think... You're not, not, not packing down, is he? If he wasn't a coach, he'd have been a good sociologist, Eddie Jones, in that he likes to invent complicated concepts that he pretends are his own. <laughs> Do you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Very, very simple things. And then gives him a really fancy name. You know, I like... Yeah. Yes, I call this ethno-merica-toxic phenomenology, you know, sort of thing, and it's kind of... So I think that's... And it's a bit like he just... He likes to basically invent, like, he's he's created these magnificently new tactical brainwaves, which is that effectively I'll have a big lad on the wing and maybe bring them in field a bit more. A bit like mm. they're doing rugby league, for example. Well, and also, like, he, he claims that he he got it through, like, talking to a hockey coach. It's like, no, you just watched a bit of rugby league last time you were home, mate. <laughs> Yes. You just saw the wingers carrying off first face from a long kick. That's basically off the first tackle. That's what you watched. Oh look, that's yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, he's also said that Johnny Sexton has uh, a bat phone to the ref, which is a funny. <laughs> that a is a brilliant line. line, by the way. It's a great line. How, but also, just like stop whinging on about Johnny Sexton. It's like it's getting a bit weird crush level now, isn't it? It's like just just give him a rest, mate. Like, you don't need to talk about him all the time. Um, and he's also said that when he was Australia coach, he used to send spies uh, in corkstring hats to go and spy on England <laughs> training sessions when he was in charge of the Wallabies. But, but importantly, he says he doesn't do that anymore uh, because he claims that he can get more than enough information from uh, match video analysis than he could from sending spies to And he also accused Wales of spying on England in England's open training session, which suggests yes. he doesn't understand certain concepts. Yeah. And also, I call bullshit on if you used to spy <laughs> and now you don't. I'm pretty sure that regardless of however, video analysis has come on a long way, but if you're still knowing what set moves and line-out strategies the other team have been working on in the week leading up to the game, surely that's still an advantage. <laughs> He must be getting tips off of Marcelo Bielsa, who's been rumbled for. <laughs> well, I think that's why somebody asked him about it. Yeah. But it's like, honestly, he's just 
very silly sometimes, isn't he? I haven't followed the Bielsa story, but it looks, it sounds amazing. It's, it's just great. <laughs> the absolute fucking barefacedness of him just going, yeah, I fucking did it. Yeah. Whatever. I did this, I did that, I knew all of that, yeah. Well, I think maybe Eddie was trying to channel a bit of that, but then also trying to cover his ass. And also, if he thinks that Wales are stealing their stuff from their training sessions, maybe don't have joint training sessions in the autumn together. <laughs> yes. You know, radical idea. Ugh. It's hilarious, Sydney. isn't it? But as a man yeah. once said... That's just typical what it is! And he was right as well. He was right. It was peak Eddie. <laughs> Uh, right then, should we talk about this weekend's game that have literally just finished? Um, yes. Um, what have you learned? The... Uh, well, we talked about Edinburgh briefly before and how interesting the game against Munster's going to be, but I just learned that Edinburgh's forwards in particular Monsters. were just ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. everywhere. In the tight, in the loose, in the light, everywhere. They were just, particularly in the set piece, it was just like everything was on roller skates in that game. And, you know... <laughs> yes. They were not and playing. Montpellier are not a small bunch of lads, no, are they? They are, if anything, the biggest bunch of lads. <laughs> yes. And to get to get one of your props hooked off after half an hour. Yeah, things have gone very, big very badly. Send in a Georgian. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the thing is, sending in a Georgian had no real demonstration. No, it didn't. Effect. I mean, which no. is amazing because normally that is usually the solution to every forward base <laughs> problem. Just send in a Georgian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Genuinely, just I didn't. Like, obviously, they've been excellent in the Champions Cup this year. I didn't think they had that in them against a team of that calibre, of that physicality, of that quality, of that depth. Uh, Cockerell's done a fucking remarkable job there. Yes. He really has. Um, Send it a Georgian. We've only got a scrub half. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I bet <laughs> he's still six foot two, isn't he? Yeah. Edinburgh Rugby got in touch. He used to be the black and red on Twitter. Yes. You know, uh, Big Edinburgh fans, obviously, and it's very nice actually to, to hear this tweet when they said, "Taking a step back from the obvious goods of late, I have to I have to call out the joy of watching a team growing and the support coming out of their shells." Also, we now have props throwing through leg passes and no look passes, and fans that are actually I starting, that. yeah, and fans that are actually starting to talk to each other, which which makes me wonder what they were doing before, but. Um, <laughs> Which is a strip, but I suppose it just means I don't know. Is it, they're warming up to each other, and it's becoming more of a com- community, which mm. maybe it wasn't before or whatever. But um, I think that's easy to forget, isn't it? That it's still, I don't know, it's still a project in and Edinburgh. The old, you know, and it is the old mantra that sort of that people forget. You know, people talk about why Welsh rugby has been such a why regional rugby has been so fucking bad for the last few years, and you know, success brings people in and then they that's why irish rugby is where it is it's because of you know why munster yeah. have the level of support that they do is because of those fucking heineken cup wins and why leinster because once they're in they don't they they'll probably stick around yes but if you haven't had any success because leinster didn't have those crowds 10 15 years ago no but now now they're one of the best teams in europe they do because yeah. you know Success brings people in and brings and creates and creates memories that you know. And this is what Edinburgh and, and Glasgow are both seeing now: is that like the success that they're having and the the steps forward that they're taking off the field are being reflected off the field. And it's 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 really good to see and it's really heartening to see. Uh, and and yeah. I really like their new kit. Me too. Actually, I, like, I think I... what I'm realising is is that midnight blue or a variant thereof with orange mm-hmm. always yeah. works. 
it's something that American sports know really well is blue and orange. Fucking fantastic colour combination. <laughs> yes. to be honest with you, orange and a lot of things. You do not see hardly any proper orange in British sport. And you absolutely should because it's a bloody brilliant colour. Who's orange then? Blackpool? Blackpool. Castleford Tyne. No, they're gold, Castleford. They've, they've, they've flirted with orange they've, a bit. But they've, become, they've become orange, but they weren't traditionally. Yeah. Wolves are obviously sort of a goldy. Gold, yeah. Like, you don't see a lot Oldham of Athletic's original colours were orange, with white. Yeah. yeah. And we have an away strip that's orange, but it's always a disgrace. They don't really do uh, that well. Yeah, Le- Leicester Tigers' original colours, if memory serves, were brown and orange. Were they? Yeah. That doesn't sound like it'll go. That's, that's where they got the Tigers' nickname. That doesn't end up looking like a 70s pub. Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a very 1970s bathroom suite vibe, yes. doesn't it? Yeah. It's got a kind of double diamond vibe mm. about mm. it. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but yes. generally speaking, I mean, they were just... And I thought, well, because the first scrum went very well for Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. I, said, I think I tweeted that it, you know, the, the Montpellier scrum looked like a marshmallow roller skate. And I was like, <laughs> well, that can't all keep happening. You know, no, they're, just, they're, just, I, getting, they're just getting their eye in, if you like. And then it was like, oh, yeah. no, it just keeps No, it just happening. keeps, and they just keep going backwards. <laughs> Did for you see minutes? the moment when the Edinburgh physio... Kick the ball Bis- away. <laughs> this was going to be my first shift, oh, but honestly, <laughs> fucking Bis- get a fucking grip of yourself, you absolute man-child. Like he just all he did was stop the ball rolling with his foot, and he just lost his fucking tiny little mind. Just don't shove the fucking physio. You, <laughs> you remember the physio going, "Oh shit!" Ooh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, just fucking stop the ball. <laughs> It reminds you a bit when uh, in police academy when somebody says something racist to Hooks and Hightower gets out of the car. <laughs> and Captain get, very... Lieutenant Harris goes, oh, shit. <laughs> and it's, that was kind of probably how that poor physio felt. And then the ref yeah. told the physio off. Yeah. Like, I mean, I suppose you're not, you're not supposed to really touch the ball if they're going for a quick sport. line out and all that stuff. He's doing a favour. He's just stop. But uh, the, the fact that the physio touches it there means that he can't take a quick Exactly. Line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still... I thought it was. It was still a bit beyond. It was. The... <laughs> yeah. Honestly, just get a grip of yourself. You're an adult. What have you got for uh, the weekend? Uh, I learned that uh, Munster and Exeter might be the most two evenly matched teams on the planet. Like two <laughs> yeah. points over 160 plus minutes was all that separated them. And like it's really obvious when you watch them. It's obvious because they are effectively like playing against a mirror. It's like yes, they both they have identical strengths, identical weaknesses. Big and strong, possession based. Yeah, powerful, abrasive. I think Munster are a little bit better than Exeter when it comes to having the ball, but um, yeah, they both got savvy outside halves, and I think that the difference is that they've got a better outside half. It certainly, it was yesterday. Yes, but yeah, they both true. like they neither of them have that sort of individual. I think it's a demonstration of how Exeter aren't going to kick on to the final as well. Do, do you know what I mean? That that was yeah, as yeah, brilliant yeah. as it was. It's a perfect demonstration of why Exeter might need another season and a little bit more, a, a little sort of yeah, they're still evolution. finding their feet, aren't they? And and you look at it and you compare them to a team like Saracens or a team like Leinster, and you just think you don't have that that little bit of genius in the back division that could unlock a defence as good as yours, effectively. <laughs> yes, you know. It's not really a criticism because they're fantastic teams and that similarity was part of why it was so weirdly compelling just watching these two, you know, effectively sort of big punching heavyweights just 
go toe to toe. It was a kind of smash. watch it through your fingers thing as well. There was something. Yeah. There was something like, slightly disturbing about the entire game because yeah. it was just like, so physically intense. Yeah. It was making me on. feel a bit upset. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> like every every hit, every tackle, every sort of scrum, every line. It was just. It was just. It was 110% for a minute one. It was so extra in terms of just how much they were intensity both sides were bringing. And brilliant game though. Yeah, a yeah, lot of people said it was quite. Compelling. I mean, some of the skill levels were a bit shit, but generally, as a, a spectacle and as a game of rugby, it was like this is. You know what? It was. I think we said this a week before about you know what European weekends tend to bring is you go. No, this is really high quality. Do you know what I mean? This is when yeah, you when you, when you can. And it was, and I said what I said about this. I was going to say something about this in relation to the Racing Scarlets game, mm, in that it's two brilliant games from completely the opposite end of the how rugby should be played spectrum. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you know, Harlem like Globetrotters at one end and stick the ball at your jumper and try and kill yeah, each and other. And a nine, a nine like an entirely pulsating nine seven at the other end. <laughs> It was, a, yeah, it, was, per, it was it was the biggest competition expressing perfectly why you why don't rugby, have to play one type of rugby, you know. No, and why rug that's part of why rugby is great, that they're both effective and they're both compelling and they're both interesting. Um but yeah, you know, credit to both teams to be honest. They were both fucking excellent. Uh yeah, it was just I mean, fucking brutal, that, wasn't it? And that Rassie Scarlet's game, my mate texted me about ten minutes into that game. And he said, uh, I'm watching, he's a big rugby fan, but he's not that close to like domestic rugby these days. Mm. He played for years and everything. And he, he said, I'm watching Leicester Ulster. Um, is this the right call? And I, and, I, and I went back and said, well, there's not much in either game really because the results aren't going to make a great deal of difference I said, but to the to the pool. <laughs> I said, but, and I, I think I put something like, I try to find a text, but I, try, I put something like, however, Rassing and Scarlet's given the playing style might be more open, is what I said 10 minutes <laughs> <Might>. in. Because <laughs> you never know, do you? But then it was just no. like, I, and I, I've actually forgot to text it back and say, did you turn over? I hope you did, <laughs> sort of thing. Well, to be fair, you know, it was relative, until about 20 minutes in, it was relatively pedestrian. And Yeah, then well, exactly, yeah. That's why I did actually turn over. And you know, when ah. you, I had that terrible fear then because people look at me as somebody who knows something about rugby, amazingly. Mm. So I suddenly thought, oh, no, I better... Was it right? Did I give? I got that terrible sort of anxiety. Did I give the right fucking? Info, did I give the right steer here? God knows why, because I get everything else mostly wrong. But um, so yeah. So then, like, like you said, for the ten minutes after that, I was thinking, oh shit, I hope he's not turned over because this isn't very good. And then, boom! <laughs> <laughs> the thing that annoyed me about that game, though, was Teddy River and having a kick at goal at the 80th minute when they were <laughs> yes. 43, 43. They were already ten points ahead. It was like, mate, just fucking kick it out. Yes, don't, indeed, yeah. don't pad your stats. <laughs> or go yeah. for the corner. Go for something comical. Don't fuck it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But uh, yeah, what a mad, bonkers, brilliantly funny fair game. Fair dues to the Scarlets for playing a very large part in it as well. And honestly, the Scarlets look like a team transformed in the last couple of weeks. They looked so fucking bad for about a month. And they looked like the wheels had properly bloody come off them. And they're they're just playing a lot more like the Scarlets now, you know. They're running, they're offloading, they're making clean breaks. Their 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 support play is excellent. It's yeah, you've got to give it to them. They're 
they've actually turned their season around in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Indeed. What have you? What else have we got from the weekend? Um. Well, I think we have to apologise because we have cursed Scotland <laughs> in a horrible. Remember. Somebody actually tweeted the day and said, this has all started since you said. It has. We said that, and it doesn't seem that long ago about how they'd avoided their standard pre-Six Nations injury curse. And Do you want me to go through the list? Do it, because I think I think we have to see the full extent of the horror that we have in some way probably caused. Players out through injury. John Barkley, Mark Bennett, Magnus Bradbury, Fraser Brown, Lewis Carmichael, David Denton, Cornell Dupree, Xander Ferguson, Matt Ferguson, Duncan Taylor, Blade Thompson, George Turner, John Welsh, and then this weekend, Johnny Gray, and cruelly, most heartbreakingly of all, Amish Watson. It's just too much. That's 21 fucking players missing. It's. It's just too sad. Hey, Mr. Holmes, just too much. There's talk that even though he's broken his hand, um, maybe he'll be back before the end of the Six Nations. I doubt it. They're just, they're just, they're just weeperingly crutching at straws with the tissues. They're soaking wet. I'm really sorry, Scotland fans. I didn't, we didn't know what we were unleashing. No, twenty-one fucking players out is for a team that's got two professional sides. That's not good. No, and I think the the big worry. Well, actually, the first fifteen will probably be just about okay. It's when it's when you get down through that, isn't it? And when you're trying to empty empty the bench and stuff. Having said that, they keep producing people. Well, this is on the flip side, and that's remember Daryl Marfo a couple of years ago. That's what I'm sort of. Everyone's like, who hell he? And he's like, he very yeah. good. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's the thing. When you look at how both Scottish teams played on the weekend, there's still a lot of quality there. Yes. And there's still, you know, don't get me wrong, there's some key players in both of those teams that aren't Scottish. Uh, Bill Matter obviously being the most yeah. notable example. But, yeah, they've still got depth. And they've still got players there that are clearly playing well and are... And are playing to a high level it's just a case of are they as you say are these first these you know squad players that are coming in ready for test rugby yet and if they're not they need to get ready pretty fucking fast Rob Harley will be back though big fright big horrible ginger Rob I like him yes me too and like you say that you know they haven't they haven't lost any with the exception of possibly like John Barkley who I think they mm. and obviously the Mish John Hardy's back of course John Hardy is back, yeah. John Hardy's back. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> there's a... Yeah, there's nowhere that I feel like they're massively... The back row's not great, but I feel like there's a lot of Scottish... It's just a play. shame. I think just the way it's been thing, going... It's, for a, shame. it's such a shame. <laughs> because actually for the championship, a really strong... And it actually just shows that if they can get everybody fit, that is a that is some squad... Yeah. If they can get if, everybody fit. If they can get everybody fit for the World if Cup. If we'll just which, stop talking about it. Obviously what it obviously won't happen because rugby is rugby and there are you know, nobody is fucking Yeah, but it's a difference between having a couple of injuries and having And having twenty one bloody players out. Yeah. Speaking of Scotland as well, I was very hmm. fascinated the weekend by 
the way Glasgow use Ali Price now. Mm. In that, in in his sort of, he becomes second receiver a lot of the time. Yes, he does. Offset pieces and stuff, which I found very, very interesting. I mean, he's still lost, but it's just interesting, yeah. interesting to it's watch. A, it's always interesting to see how team, you know, in, inventive coaches like Dave Rani use players that, you know, Ali Price obviously is hugely talented. And when he gets when he gets the ball in space, he can do interesting things with it. And in many ways, him just sort of having him at the base of the ruck all the time is not necessarily the best use of him. And it's, it's, it's very interesting to see a coach like Dave Rennie, who's sort of had such a reputation down south for doing interesting and weird things that are quite that catch on. It'd be interesting to see if other teams use similarly gifted players in similar ways because it was quite effective at times. Right. Anything else on the weekend? Um, I've learned that uh, moderately... I don't know. Champions Cup, Challenge Cup is pointless, right? We all know this. Well, yeah, but, well, to ask Cardiff fans if it was pointless last year, well, I suppose. Well, this thing, once you won it, it's not pointless, but the presence of teams from developing nations is making the Challenge Cup... Even less value. It's pointless, and it value it devalues what's already not a massively valuable competition. If you want to see how serious teams take in the fucking Challenge Cup, look at what squads the Ospreys have picked in the Challenge Cup this season. Alan yeah. Jones hasn't played a single that, European minute this season, and that's always been the argument, isn't it? Why should we yeah. take it seriously when the teams don't? Yes, and I think once and you get once you get to the knockout stages, I think there's an element of now what, you're here. That's when it yeah. becomes. But well, if you why, if you look at your season and going. I don't give a shit if I get to the knockout stages, which is quite clearly what the Ospreys have done. Yeah, well, they they played basically, you know, a third team away to Poe yesterday, and a bonus point would have given them a good chance of getting in the quarterfinals, but they just didn't care. Hmm. And the presence of clubs like Ense and clubs like Timisoara Saracens, I get it. I want development nations yes. to prove as well, but it's like a, clearly a step too far. Like Ense's best result in the tournament this year, was losing 31-14 at home to Zebra, which is the only time they've conceded less than 50 this year, and they culminated everything by losing 107-19 uh, to Bristol this weekend to a let's be a third-string Bristol team. Yes. Put 100 points on them. Meanwhile, Timisoara haven't scored a single match point. Um, they're the only team in the Challenge Cup who haven't this year, and they conceded 111 points to Saints this weekend. Yes. Like, like, I get it, but there's just no point in them being there and having eight games of getting battered because I don't see what they learned from that. It was the same getting argument bat- with the Italian teams in the Champions yeah. when they just kept they getting sens- hammered all the time. And they sensibly got rid of them, and now you've got you know Benetton and Zebra giving a relatively decent account to themselves in the Challenge Cup because that's their level. Yes. Like, the Challenge Cup would be better if instead of being a fucking group stage, like a, the awful bloody group round-robin format that everybody wants to do because it increases, rev- guarantees revenue and guarantees yada, yada, yada. And usually guarantees team... the best teams get through. Yeah. Make it a straight knockout competition. Yeah, because I was going to say, because in the Challenge Cup in Rugby League, they've started doing this. They're bringing in Canadian mm, teams much. and French teams. And actually, it gives you a chance to come and play, but it doesn't mean you have to hang around for months on end yeah. if going you through this to... the whole time. Yeah, if you're the Ospreys and you don't want to be involved in the Challenge Cup because your squad is tiny... And you literally can't afford to play your best players in it for eight games. 
because you need those eight games to qualify for Europe and other means, then yeah, you can put a second string team out against Worcester or against whoever and lose and then not have to think about it. But, or if you're a, a Bristol or a Worcester or a Northampton or a Claremont Laverne, you've got a point to prove, you can commit to it. Or equally then, if you're a Ainsey or a Timisoara, you might catch a team on a you know a big team on a bad day or on a day where they can't be bothered and get yeah, a big so result. It increases, gets a bit of jeopardy into the thing. Yeah, just make like, the yeah, whole fucking. I, I wouldn't disagree. Actually. <clears throat> I think it's you know it's it would make and rugby doesn't have any sort of single elimination knockout tournaments left, really. No, you know, and it would make it much more interesting. I think that's a good point. What do you think out there? Should the yeah. Challenge Cup become straight knockout? I think all the cups can be, should be straight knockout. Well, there's that argument. So do I. Yeah. Well. But, it's, but I mean, it's, it's fully in, <laughs> it's entrenched now. Having said that, you know, most weekends in the Champions Cup, you, you're seeing a Heineken Cup, we can call it now, can't we? Yeah, we can. Um, you are seeing decent rugby. It's just that, you know, they're good games, aren't they? You know, they are even good the, games. Even if, even I'm trying to you think say, how many one-offs have gone a funny way that might mean a big team goes out. I'm trying to think. I can't remember. I have to look at the fixtures. It would, but... it would put added significance on. You know, you would if it was a single elimination game, you would in a win or go home situation. You wouldn't have fucking Leinster fielding a second string team at home to bloody to lose or resting people or not risking people hmm. because if they lose, they're done. Anything else on the weekend before we move on? Um, one thing, slightly mildly more seriously. Obviously, we mentioned earlier Pat Lambie retiring at, what, 28? Because of... We didn't concussion. mention that. We forgot uh, to talk it, about it. Okay. Well, did we forget to talk about it? <laughs> anyway, We talked yes. about it before we came on air. Classic And then stuff. got that's completely... Cla- which was, and it was our that's... prime bit of news. So I'm yes. glad you brought it back up. So yes. shall we talk about that now? Yeah. In a week where another high-profile player... Pat Lambie, Bock Flyoff, retired at the age of, what, 28? Yes. He's a concussion. Um, this morning, it, the NFL, once again, is the canary down the fucking coal mine in terms of rugby's future, and things do not look good because NFL teams are struggling to get any kind of general liability insurance that will cover concussion settlements. Yes, and once the insurance market disappears, that's the end of it. Yeah, well, I mean, if, team, if teams and the league themselves have absolutely nothing to protect themselves when it comes to players looking for... The entirely entitled injury settlements relating to their careers being ended by head injuries, which is happening a lot. Yes. Um, what does that mean for rugby? Because the NFL has billions to throw at it. No amount of CVC, CVC aren't throwing money at this so that they can give a swathe of players who've had to retire because of concussions compensation payouts for the lost earnings and the various other things that they've had to suffer because of those head injuries. If teams couldn't get liability insurance, rugby would end tomorrow. You know, it's too, a contact sport without any kind of general liability is fucked. And you can assume this is, well, one, I do I do genuinely believe they don't want people's heads getting mashed in. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not so cynical to think that it's a purely pounds and pence exercise. I completely agree. However, However yeah. you know, the only way you defend yourself against this kind of stuff is saying, look at all the things we've done to put in place to make sure this doesn't happen again. So actually, yeah. in terms of liability and in terms of risk, and actually the risk of you taking our money to insure us is not as great as it was 10 years ago, and we'll continue to work on it. And 
Mm. This is and this is really just a fact of life now, isn't it? That's the thing. Like they have to. It just shows that it's for the same reason the... my granddad couldn't get insurance to go to Tenerife when he was eighty because his heart was so bad. Yes, same reason that my mother, who you know has had major heart surgery, had to spend about five hundred quid to go to America for a fortnight because mm. they don't want to run the risk that you know yes. something bad will happen to you over there. Equally, if rugby players keep retiring because of head injuries, particularly high-profile ones, what? You know what are these insurance companies going to think? Well, I know exactly what they're going to think. Well, it's not even what they're going to think. Insurance companies have actuaries. It's yeah, the most highly trained, mega boffin financial (laughs) accountant you've ever seen in your life, Mm. who will basically start to factor this into the calculation of what the premium will cost, and where their value add is, and what the risk and liability is. And at that point, some of them are going to go, "Our company shouldn't be in this market anymore." Which is clearly yeah. what's happening in America. Yeah, and once one of them does that, a lot as, as America is demonstrating, lots of others will follow because they'll go, well, if if they don't think it's worth it, then then what? Why are we still in this game? Why you know what do they know that we don't? What are they? And then all of a sudden, you can't get any insurance. And we're not just talking about fucking. Big rug, you know, we're just talking about bloody, you know, big unions and big clubs. We're talking about local clubs, you know. Oh. All, yeah, no matter where you are in the rugby pyramid, you're going to need liability insurance because play, it's a contact sport and players get injured and bad things can happen, especially, you know, it's even more so with amateur players because they're losing, you know, if they're off, signed off work for a month with a broken leg, that's, you know, a serious a guy, loss I of played, wages. I played in a game when a guy had a really bad leg break. You know, one of the, literally one of those ones, those uh, you know, the legs at yeah. the end of your sock and your foot's <laughs> up the other side of your leg job. Yeah. And wow, did he howl in pain. And, you know, who's to mm. blame him? But he actually worked, well, long story short, he had to pay somebody to drive him around for his job. He was a sales guy. Mm. And he had to get around. And he had to pay somebody for three months because he couldn't drive, basically. <laughs> You know, so and, and obviously then that was probably claimed back from somewhere or, or yeah. whatever. But you know, so yeah, you're right in terms of it does get down to that. And it's it's, to that it's level. this thing that like people don't when people get sort of games gone, games gone soft about it. You know, people they're not fucking like you're right that it does come from you know they don't want to see people's fucking heads smashed. They don't want players to have you know life changing injuries as a result of the game. However. The bottom line is the bottom line, and it's not—it's the future of rugby we're talk, we're talking An about. Existential here. crisis. Yeah, possibly. And, and, yeah, but that's why they have so, to take it seriously. You know, leaving yeah. aside the fact that we can be doom mongers about it, but it doesn't—it doesn't mean does it mean the end of the sport? Don't know. Does it mean something's going to have to change fundamentally? Mm. And why it is changing fundamentally? Yes. Yeah. That's come, why. To come back to Pat Lambie, <laughs> terrible to retire mm. at twenty-eight. Talented Horrible. lad. Shit, really talented. Real lad. big shame. Made me think um, to change tack a bit. Rassi United at the weekend. Franz Stein yeah. looks like a separatist who should be living in Montana. Yeah. If he he's... was wandering around with an M16 on his shoulder, yeah. he would look, you know, in a kind of camouflage jacket, he would look perfectly in place, wouldn't he? He's, a, he's also one of those players in the Stefan Armitage mould who doesn't look like he should play professional rugby <laughs> from a pure body, you know. And he looks he totally does... and completely different to how he did 
about eight years ago. It's remarkable. It's unrecognizable. Isn't it? yeah. He's gone from looking like this sort of weird, like wannabe pretty boy, yeah, to like slightly being pudgy a, pretty boy, a woods, to be, yeah, to being a woodsman. Yeah, it's if he bizarre. committed some heinous crime, he would never be picked up by the police because <laughs> they would not recognize him. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So all the best to Pat Lambie. He has tweeted Indeed. now. He's broken silence to say he's had a great rugby journey and he's on to new things and. We can only I wish him so. the best. I really do I hope so. Hope so. It, I mean, it's a short enough career, but you don't expect it to be that short, do you? It's before you're 30, shit. Let's be honest. Um, right then. Anything yeah. else? Nope. Right. Shit good, is it? Let's just remind everybody again before we move on, because I want to remind myself what the lineup is for the quarterfinals now. Racing 92 will play Toulouse. Yes. In Paris. At the, Gay Paris. The mental stadium. Yeah. Uh, Leinster will play Ulster at the Aviva. That'll be fun. Well, you've had a good run, Ulster, haven't you? <laughs> um, Edinburgh will play Munster at Murrayfield. God, you know what? If that was nearer, I'd love to go to that game. No, tell me about it. It's going to be a but fucking month. Four and a half hours drive, so I mean, probably more than that, six hours drive, probably. So The thing, thing is, I'm sure they won't, but like, if they like took all of the covers off, Monster travelling fans would probably have a good go at fucking filling that. <laughs> it wouldn't be just, yeah. <laughs> they could outnumber the home And that's why it would be. It's a really big stadium. You know, Richard Cocker was out yesterday, wasn't he, saying, well, you know, why can't we get 30,000 people down here? Yeah. Because well, history has shown you can't. But that doesn't matter. Let's, you know, let, let's <laughs> try, get out there. Try, yeah. But honestly, why not? Give it a fucking yeah. go. Um, but if not, you say Monster will come out in... Yeah, well, it is me moaning about it being Munster. a six-hour drive, and Munster are like, well, we're crossing the country to sea, mate. So. Yeah, and we'll bring at least 10,000 people. <laughs> we will, yeah. with flags and everything. Yeah. And then Saras- oh, Glasgow going to go back to Saracens and do it all I'm really again. Angry. Before we talk, can that be my first shit, is I don't think it should be allowed for group stage matches to be repeated in the quarterfinals. It's just the only way that the group stage... like hey, They even do it at World Cups. They're not going to give a shit about doing it here, are they? I know. It's shit, though, isn't it? That's be- like, I get why they do it, but it's like nobody wants to watch that game again. I literally watched that game last yesterday. And there was a crushing inevitability about it. <laughs> yeah, for as well as Glasgow played, there was only ever going to be one result. And, uh, yeah. Marowitz is a twat, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Well, they all are. Or like, and somebody, somebody on Twitter was like, "Oh, I think it was, it was Matt Matthewman." Was like, "Saracens players get slated for shouting and cheering and clapping and all of this stuff, and nobody else gets. Everybody else gets a pass because they say it's passion." No, the rest of them are all cunts as well. <laughs> it's, it's fucking. Oh, I hate it. Just, there was a moment when, I think it was tail end of the game when uh, when Munster was still behind and Exeter. Uh, I think they had and Munster had the ball in the extra twenty-two, and somebody picked up from the base and was a little bit carried away and didn't pick it up properly and knocked it on. And for some reason, Exeter celebrated and were like patting each other on the back. And it's like, lads, you literally did. It wasn't even like you did a tackle to knock that ball off. Somebody ran onto the ball a bit too quick, didn't pick it up properly and knocked it on. Nobody, you haven't done yeah. anything to influence that in any way, shape, or form. Yes, and yet you're cheering and clapping and patting each other on the back for a and brilliant you, effort. You can sound like a curmudgeonly old git, can't you, with stuff like this? Like go back to the yeah. old days when there was respect and all that kind of stuff. I, and I haven't got a massive amount of time for that either. I think it's just the fact that it's just yeah, just 
don't do it, it makes you look like a total prick. <laughs> yeah. Don't celebrate things that you've had absolutely no part in actually doing. It's just boring. Anyway, yes. So, so I should guess we should start with shit then. So that's the shit. Shouldn't we? The one and only sausage and egg McMuffin from McDonald's. With a freshly cracked free-range egg, perfectly seasoned sausage and oozing cheese. Mm, that's unreal. What she said. McDonald's. Breakfast done properly. You have one new message. Hi, Claire. Auntie Dee here. I just wanted to say a big thank you for skipping my party. We had a great night, and everyone was so happy you didn't come. Now you take care. I hope to see you soon. Bye. No one will thank you for turning up to work or anything else when you're sick. Stay at home and get a test to protect yourself and others from COVID-19. From the HSE, for us all. Yeah. I've already said that shit was wasps. We talked about that a bit earlier. <laughs> Something's just not. Something's just not right there, is there? Somebody just like, tweeted me now. Uh, Jay Wood on Twitter has just shared Murray Kinsella, who was quoted Die Young afterwards saying, "You've got to feel for um, Leinster. Jack Conan drops out, and they bring in Sean O'Brien. They can afford to lose four or five players and still win. So you've got to feel for them." He said sarcastically. Yeah. Again, another drive of the fact that they've somehow got this massive advantage. Yeah, I, I but they've not paid the massive. With the- I don't often disagree with Di, but he's full of shit about this, isn't he? And he won't let it go, will he? No. He keeps doubling down on this fact that they're in a really tough situation. But as we've discovered, you've got you just got a load of money back and decided to spend it on Fakatoa. Yeah, and also you've just got a load of fucking venture capital money off bloody CBC and a huge 20 million quid fucking windfall or whatever it is. You know, where... Like something fundamentally... And it was, you know, what's in the second half, made that look mildly more respectable than it actually was. But there's something fundamentally not right about what Leinster were just going through the motions. I mean, they were, they were not they third were, gear, they were in second gear. Yeah, it they were barely so out of second gear, easy. and they fucking, ultimately, they battered. And them. I think more than anything, Wasps just did, didn't really want to try. No, and they can put it together. Like, when they scored that try, they they can put it together when they want to, and they can look dangerous, and they can look threatening, and... All that good stuff, but they just seem so fucking. They just seem so unbothered about it. Andy got know? in touch on Twitter and he said, because I tweeted saying, you know, Leinster are clearly very good, but this is an absolute shit show by Wasp, basically. Yeah. And Andy replied and said, I'm at the game and Daly is, is displaying new levels of couldn't give a shit. Sopo Anger is completely bobbins. This is going to be 60. It wasn't it 60, been, I think. Because, it could have been if, if Leinster had wanted it to be. Yeah, Leinster basically showed, unlike, you know, the Cobra Kai, they actually showed mercy. Yeah, well, they just were like, all right, lads, most of us are going to be in a Six Nations squad next week. Uh, Let's not do anything silly now. Let's just fucking go through the motions. The second that they do anything, we'll go up the other end and score. You know, Wasp is an expensively put-together squad with internationals in it. I know they lost Launchbury early and stuff like that, but you got Sapuangri who was, what, second off the... Second taxi off the rank for the All Blacks. Yeah, he, he was the All Blacks backup fly off last year. Yeah, and so and there were times when people were saying that he should start ahead of Bowden Barrett. Elliot Daly, arguably the most talented. Well, not arguably, people have argued that he is the most talented back that England have. Yes. in terms of class and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, you know, 
Nathan Hughes, the five hundred thousand. Somebody's just yeah. paid five hundred thousand pounds a year for Solid that man. Solid props, like Jake Cooper, you know? people like that. You know, you're not. Yeah. These aren't mugs. Kieran Brooks, good player, and they're being made to look like mugs. Yeah. Dan Robson yeah. just caught up to the England squad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not having it. Sorry, Di. They are. We love you very yeah, much, but I'm not having it. The, the reality is, they lost one player at the very, 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 very start of the season. Jimmy Gopeth. Jimmy Gopeth. And he was everything for them, you know? Yes. He was, you know, him to die is everything. <laughs> <I think. laughs> the sweetest song that he can sing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Yeah, without Jimmy Gop- without Gopeth's intelligence, without his physicality, without his control, they just look a fucking... They've, they've looked, you know, boom or bust, and they're rapidly... Tail spinning into bust. Imagine somebody showing you a highlight reel of Sopawanga this year and go, "Yeah, he was an all black. He was the all black. He was the all black second choice player last year." <laughs> Nobody would believe you. No, because he is fucking dog shit in a wasp shirt. Like really. I love his Twitter. Bad. He was like a very charming guy, but he's yeah. dreadful. Mm. What have you got to shit? Uh, by his very very high standards, Conor Murray. Yeah, he was a bit quiet, wasn't he? Like, Did the his job. Box right, kicking, but... His box kicking was good, but on attack, God. But like, they were all dropping he's... the ball all over the place, weren't yeah. they? It was, like, it was a but weird was... old game. He was just making bad decisions, which is so unlike him. Like he was forcing passes, he was getting he got isolated and got turned over a couple of times. Like and it was notable purely because he just doesn't do that sort of thing very often. Um but yeah, it was really it wasn't his best game. And if he'd had a bit more control and he'd been a bit more of his usual self. I do feel like that game would probably not have been nearly as close as it was. Best to get it out now, though, isn't it? Well, yeah. Rich got in touch on Twitter. Halka Rich, hello, mate. He said, shit, is the Aliens part music? Good God, yes. Oh, God, yeah, of course. That's that's like a standing item. But only Stand- the songs are bad enough. But then they have this Stand weird... Instru- they have this weird instrumental they keep playing, which yeah. sounds like some really bad high-energy dance music. <laughs> and I was watching it yesterday, and my wife was sat next to me, and she was working because she's doing an MBA at the minute. And she, and at one point, she was telling me, you know, something invades your consciousness, and she kind of went, what, what, what the fuck is this music? I said, I've got no idea. I said, it's, I said, it's Saracens. And then she looked at me because she didn't understand what that meant, because she didn't follow no. rugby. But everybody who listens to this will understand what that means. Yeah, it is, it is peak Saracens to just, <laughs> it's just that. Hideous, yeah, absolutely hideous. Fee gets in touch on Twitter. She says, shit is the Scotland injury list. Yes, we've given it yes. a full unabridged yes. version to you. <laughs> yeah. Just to make you feel Sorry about better. That. She said a double shit is that the mesh is now on the list. It, I mean, it is devastating, isn't it? Um... <laughs> I'll play, sorry, I've played the music again. Enough of that. Yeah. Um, Again, you know, because he's just such good value to watch, isn't he? I know I go on about. Mm. I, I just love him because he just looks like a. He just looks like a sort of. I don't know. He looks like a bag of monkeys, doesn't he? And he, he uh, and he's and he's just such good fun to watch. It's just such a shame because if well, he broke his hand, that's the end of that, isn't it? Yeah, it's unlikely he's making unless you know he has a bloody yeah Warren, you know, a, a, a Owen Farrell esque ridiculous. <laughs> well, you um, don't know, do you? Yeah. Yeah. You got uh, any more shits? Uh, I have. Well, from the, the Twitters, uh, James McKillops says, shit was Ulster's first half, but good was Ulster's second half, which, uh, yes. That is very true. Um, and shit from me, Stephen Jones. I mean, this is, should be a standing item. 
But What's he done now? I've missed this. His impressive commitment to never admitting when he's wrong. Um, last season, insisted that Saracens were still better than Leinster despite them getting fucking absolutely battered by them in the Heineken Cup and said <laughs> that afterwards. And now this year, he's saying, oh, there's no problem. You know, I don't know why people are moaning about uh, there being not enough English rep- representation uh, in the Challenge Cup, in the Heineken Cup. Cause yeah. by the well, it looks a bit to me. They're going to win both both tournaments. And it's like, okay, yeah. Sorry, insisting that Saris are going to win this next year is, you know, fair enough. But mm. doing that when Leinster, Munster, Glasgow, Edinburgh, Ulster, Toulouse, and Racing ninety two are the quarters, and acting like that is something of a formality. I mean, come on, dude. Just, just fucking. Tick, he's just such a like a thing that fucks. I can't. Do you get to a point in your sort of... I mean, I I can be snarky about things, right? We're fucking... It's kind of what we do. Aren't we? Yeah. Um, And so is he, but he's the worst kind. But do you get to a point in your journalistic career where you just think, I'm just going to say stupid shit? Because actually, I don't say stupid. I generally tend to believe what I'm saying, and people can disagree with me or not. I don't think he believes for a second what he says is true. And sometimes I feel like... Like, yeah. Since when did being just, just, just being obtuse was a qualification yeah, to be a senior rugby obtuse, correspondent? Obtuse, you know? He's just this smug fucking... Like, he makes himself look like a twat for no other reason than the fact that he's just appears to be incredibly high on his own supply and just doesn't like... I, I think stupid things quite often, but usually I've got the good sense not to share them. <laughs> and usually when yeah, I some, do some I, of the time I do that I, yeah. I hope I hope that I climb down on it while I'm talking fucking bollocks but like he just like his and that's the thing his default response that's... to somebody saying mate you're talking fucking bollocks there is to either insult them yeah or well, just block them well, or then, them, or do both. them usually yeah yeah and in that order because I've done things I've prick. tweeted sometimes and somebody's gone, hang on a minute, don't what about this, what about that? And I've gone, you know what, you're right. Yeah, I was kind enough, of emotional. Yeah. It was and that's the thing about Twitter is I think people forget that sometimes. And it is like having a conversation in a pub. And sometimes in a pub you blurt out the first thing that comes into your head. Mm. And then you go, Oh yeah, that's probably not right. Yeah. But because you've written it down, it's almost like it's part of your well considered thesis on something. And the answer is usually it isn't. No, it's really you know, not. It's a chat at the end of the day. What else have we got that's shitty? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm just bored of all of that constant fucking clanging bell of that. Anyway. I was... Uh, they put a thing, speaking of people who don't like people, England <laughs> Rugby have put a little sort of video of talking about James Haskell up, and it had a list, uh, of, and it said, like, you know, DJ tick, player tick, whatever, businessman tick, and I just subtweeted it with twat tick. Which made me laugh, yeah. Because to be honest, that was just too big an open goal not to sort of very, kick the ball very... into, frankly. Whether he's a twat or not, it was just, I thought it was a decent joke. It's funny, and, yeah. And, um, and then you get this kind of, loads of people say, why, why do you feel this way and stuff like that. One bloke even said to me, do you want to explain why you think he's a twat? Because we might, you know, then we can maybe change your prejudice. I was like, well, one, there's two big problems with what you just said. One, you big assumptions. One, you are assuming I want to have my mind changed, which I don't. <laughs> Two, if I did want to have my mind changed, I'd want it changed by some random bloke who doesn't even follow me on the internet and I've never (laughs) even engaged with. It's really strange, isn't it? It's a strange old world out there. Yeah, I mean, 
Like, it reminds like, me of when Stuart McConey said about astronom- uh, astrology and the problem, the, the two big problems he had with it, that one, I'd have to believe that giant balls of gas light years away somehow control my life. And two, if that were true too, I'd have to accept that the best pl- placed person to translate that for me is Russell Grant. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many leaps to make to actually for that to be a reasonable thing. What else have we got that's shit? Colin McBride gets in touch. He says, mm. shit, he said, it's not a new one, but two Saracens players braying like idiots after Hastings knocked on near his own try line, then appearing to mock him while on the floor. Similar to what you said about Exeter before, isn't it? It's twats. Just, there is just oh, no name Everyone's at all. twats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shit. Uh, oh, what else have we got on the shit thing? Greg Cameron's uh, been in touch. Cy Cy Clark says, shit, uh, Bristol wasting megabucks on Hughes. I disagree with that. I think... It doesn't matter how much money you work because he's outside the salary cap. So, you know, whether they pay him 400 grand or 600 grand. The guy who owns Bristol has a different version of waste to me. He's a fucking billionaire. You know, he made money off my pension for a couple of years. You know, (laughs) I'm happy happy to contribute. But uh, there's a question mark around the value of a person, isn't there? Absolutely. Is anybody worth that amount of money? As I think I said last week, usually the people who you pay the most usually are. It's the people who are a rung below that are probably getting paid too much. It is, and that's that. That's probably the last issue. shit. Then before we move on, is from Greg Cameron. He said, "Shit is yeah." We've already mentioned this, but he, as a fan, he wants to make the point: is shit is having to go back to Saracens for a quarterfinal, having just been there. Yeah, and you have to listen to that fucking music as well, Greg, all over again. It's pretty shit, isn't it? And this is what I'm talking about. Just equally, you know, Ulster got absolutely battered by. Leinster at the Aviva over the Christmas period, and they've just got to go back there and happen again. And in the Challenge Cup, Saints have got to. Uh, oh, they've go got to go to Claremont, to, haven't they? Claremont yeah. again. I mean, I mean, if it's as good as the first game, brilliant. <laughs> they did concede like 50 points, though. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just all silly. But also, let's move on to good, shall we? Yes. What have I got that's good? WP Nell's Meadowlark Lemon Harlem Globetrotter shit. I mean, it's just WP Nell in general. Yes. Like, he's fucking... When he's fit and on form, he's a bloody good player, isn't he? Like, turn... Like, at the scrum, probably one of the best scrummages on the planet and can do all sorts of fun shit in the loose. All here for it. All the time. Love it. Although I didn't appreciate... uh, Whoever the extra scrum off trying to steal this thunder by uh, doing a similarly through the legs pass. Yeah, but that's in the a scrum game off. Nobody notices. Exactly, he's like trying to steal the thunder. He's like, mate, yeah. you're not a prop. Stop it. Yeah, not a chance. Yeah. Also in that same game, Andy Nichol on commentary I liked was when he went to who was it got injured, and he and he went he went yeah it looks like it's an arm injury, and then there was like a, a pause, and he went although I'm not a doctor, <laughs> as if like somebody down his ear had gone you can't say that you're not a doctor. Yeah, it's like you can you know what an arm is, though, right? <laughs> yeah, and it looks like it's been hurt. It's okay. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to assume that it's gospel and that you're giving serious medical yeah. advice you know, here. This is not, yeah, nobody's going to take that as a, a medical diagnosis. They've probably had a briefing before the game, aren't they? We're getting in trouble mm. of people saying medical things when they're not qualified. Armchair fucking doctoring. <laughs> what have you got? Um, that's good. Good for me. Uh, Tugburn and uh, James Ryan on the pair of them. Tugburn, man, it's just. They, well, he's just—they're they're totally different players. Yes. In the way that they literally. Play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like their style is completely—you know—Burn is much more of a sort of you know, 
fetcher and a, he's great over the ball and he's you know he's yeah. a bit razzle dazzle whereas ryan is just fucking relentless relentless <laughs> yeah. like, did you see him when uh, the, his expression on his face and his general just when uh, they went over for what probably their third or their fourth try the second driving more yes when he was just screaming and hitting everyone <laughs> yes. all of his teammates and it was just like the pair of them play like they've got 50 caps apiece and they've barely been in top flight rugby for 18 months it's fucking remarkable how old's burn because i know that he's very young he's... ryan isn't he but he's been around yeah, a bit well, longer burn hasn't he he has but he's not much older he ty burn is oh no he's 27 yeah i thought he'd been around a little thought, bit longer. yeah but he's young in terms of suddenly appearing at this level, isn't he? <coughs> yeah. And I suppose a good example of how you don't have to be at that level by the time you're 23 to have to be given up on it. Yeah. You know, you he's know, come he through had... as a top class player at the age of 26. Yeah. He went to the he went to the Scarlets when he was like 20. Yeah, when he was was 24, 25, and became yes. a world class player when he was 26, really, yeah. and is now fucking brilliant. It's yeah, it's they're both fantastic, equally fantastic actually. Um, John Cooney, Ulster scrum off. Yes. It's rare to say this one player totally changed this entire game. Well, he normally but, would start. They made a big point about yeah. Shanahan starting, didn't they? Interesting. Yeah, and, a... and he just came on Ulster were dog shit with <laughs> Shanahan at nine, and Cooney comes on. He's like, right, boys, let's let's sort this shit out, shall we? And all of a sudden, Ulster are winning the game. And uh, yeah, it's it's a remarkable bit of like instant impact from one player. I guess when you're playing nine, you can change the entire fortune of a game hmm. because you're so responsible for the rhythm of it. What have we got that's good that came in from Twitter? Alexander Thompson says, "Good is two Scottish Scottish teams in the quarters." It Absolutely. is. It is. Nobody would have predicted it. It's good. Yeah, a Scottish rugby ever had it this good? I don't think it has in my lifetime. Like. In both yeah. a club and an international level, both being like I'm going on the back a long way are. to try and remember. Edinburgh got to the semis in the in two thousand and eleven. Yes, something like yeah. that. Yeah, Edinburgh that fans will no doubt correct me, but that was treated as a weird like which it was. <laughs> it was yeah. a weird aberration. It was totally... an outlier that we're going to ignore yeah. for the statistical yeah, analysis. Yeah. Statistical outlier. Yeah, and yet. You know, this both teams are brilliant at the moment, and don't they don't feel like flashes in the pan either? They both feel like good teams mm. that are going to be good for a while. Yes, and there's plenty Russia, to come, isn't there? And the national side is obviously is on the up, and it's got a a sense that they're going somewhere and they're building something. And I just think, yeah, you know, in my lifetime, I don't think I remember Scottish rugby being from top to bottom uniformly as good as this. Quite. That's what we got. That's good. Paul Williams got in touch. Yes. Sometimes good to be the top rugby writer and verified account all round tennis legend and verified blue account. Blue checker. Blue tech man. Yeah, snappy dresser. Genuinely, genuinely lovely fellow is Paul. He is indeed. Um, anyway, he says good is Owen Lane and Thomas Williams' try. Yes. Against Leon. Um, Thomas Williams' offload for that was uh, matter esque, as I now believe we are obliged we have to, yeah, to call which it. Is now, to matter um, is now a verb. Yes. Yes. Um, and Owen Lane just looks special because he's big. Yeah. Paul and... also said that shit was Owen was was Owen Lane not been in the Wales squad, but I think that give it there's enough time. Yeah. There's enough. <laughs> well, time, I mean, all it's going to take is one injury, and he's going to be the first name cab off the rank there because 
he's an absolutely a Gatland winger because he's big and quick, but he's got a lo- he's a lovely balanced runner and he runs with intelligence and he's got good support lines and yeah, that's quite exciting. Thomas Williams always reminded me this week. Do you remember? Only this not because of Thomas Williams, but because of how his first name is spelt in that Welsh manner. Yes. Do you remember Thomas bikes? No. They were a kind of hybrid petrol push bike moped right. type thing. <laughs> now I remember them because my mate had one when I was when we were about fifteen in rural north, semi-rural North Wales, and what we used to do to to get our kicks in semi-rural North Wales is that we would inhale the petrol out of the <laughs> tank from this Thomas bike. Like sit on, you could. It was perfectly set. You could sit on the seat and lie like with your mouth on a tank, and then do a bit of so, you know, a bit of solvent abuse. Yeah, who doesn't in like kids today? You don't They've appreciate. Got no idea, have they? You, you know, you've got free access to like you know, yeah. drugs, legal highs. You could in get our, off the internet, everything. In our day, you had to fucking huff some glue or a permanent <laughs> marker or some petrol to get any kind of buzz. And it and used honestly, to make you that's feel a horrible high. It's, it's a horrible high. Horrible. You have this throbbing in your ears the whole time, and then you feel magnificently sick afterwards. <laughs> but I had forgotten kind of all about the Tomos stuff until I was just yeah. literally saw his name written down today. I was like, "Oh yeah, so you see that?" Oh yes. God, I'm just I'm having a visceral reaction. Um, yeah, but Tomos bikes. I don't know if you still get them. I doubt it. They want to literally. You can pedal a bit. You can rev a bit. I'm on their but... website right now, uh, and. They specialise in scooters and uh, uh, hybrid scooters as well. Do you think, you see, they, do you think they'd be very well positioned in this new market, in this mm. new cycling and you know environmental the market? The problem is, though, that the, an electric Thomas scooter, how, what, what, how are you going to get high off an electric scooter? Well, they've not thought that through, have they? They're not going to no. sell many in semi-rural no. North Wales. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, oh, yes. What else have we got then? Um, Jack Noel was very good. Um, he was actually get, and honestly, at fullback as well. Yeah, yeah. Forget playing him in the back row. If you need to find a place for him in that team, stick him at fullback. And like, I think the thing with Jack Noel is, is that he doesn't. He never gives you less than a seven out of ten performance. Yeah, he's always, generally speaking, either very good or extremely yeah. good. You know, so he's not going to give you any worse a performance than Mike Brown would. No, in terms of his solidity defensively and his work under the high ball. And Elliot Daly's form and form and confidence looks shot. Yeah, and you know, he's playing all over the place for yes. Wasps. So you know, whereas Gordon Darcy you know, was and, very clear he doesn't want him playing a centre. No. Yeah, that, that was a weird exchange. Weird, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Well I'm absolutely Com- completely and utterly convinced he's not playing at thirteen. <laughs> okay. Well, well why not God? Don't even get me fucking started on it as I was like <laughs> Um, but yeah, the other thing that you get with Noel, obviously, is that he's an absolute fucking unit. He is a unit. As a fullback, which means running the ball High back, energy as well. He's going to get you some metres because he's going to break some tackles. And it also means that if he gets a man, you know, it, puts, it plays to his strengths because he's going to be making a lot of one-on-one tackles with people that are quite isolated if there's a line break or whatever. Yeah. And he's very good at getting turnovers in that situation. Yeah, I mean, what to be fair, but to Mike Brown, his one-on-one tackling's never been that much of an issue. Yeah. In fact, it's it's the other stuff. It's the thing that it's the thing that Mike Brown he'll do after he's made the one-on-one tackle that Mike Brown won't. Yes, which is he'll be right back on his feet and he'll probably win a turnover or a penalty. Um, I almost hope they don't do it now because I think it could be quite effective. <laughs> 
Right, what else have we got that's good? Philip gets in touch on Twitter. Young Philip, he's called himself. Mm-hmm. He oh, says, Big J- Young Philip says, Big Jacob, Stockdale, I'm yes. guessing, deciding that a dance move would bamboozle Johnny May and then it actually working. Yeah, well, sometimes it... That's to be honest, bamboozling Johnny May... The simplest way to, yeah, the simplest thing is this, you know, just to do what comes naturally, and that is surely to bamboozle Johnny May. <laughs> The thing about Johnny May is, is, you know, he might be looking like he's playing rugby, but his mind's on other things, geopolitics. Yeah, he's thinking about North Korea, man. You know, he's, he's got a lot to consider. What, have you got any more good? Uh, yours? Because I have not well, on Twitter. Well, only really um, Jerry Carberry, which, just because he's basically turning into a better Rona Rogara in a monster shirt, isn't he? That's what so I was like, he... a monster. No matter what play you come in through yeah. the door as. <laughs> you leave as some variant of Ronan Nagara, either a slightly <laughs> some... worse, a much worse. Or we only equal. do two versions here. We do. <laughs> you go out some version of Ronan Nagara or some version of Paul O'Connell. Which one do you want to go down? <laughs> was it in the Blues Brothers? What kind of music do you play here? We do both kinds, country and western. And western. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of players you produce? We do both kinds, Ronan Nagara yeah. or Paul O'Connell. <laughs> Like twenty kicks in a row for Carberry now. That's yeah. not bad. <laughs> yes. That's and as he offers more from he's an got, attacking standpoint yeah. than Ogara ever did. Yeah, he's yeah. Given that that wasn't the issue, it's yeah the. It's yeah. It's like he's he's becoming an incredibly well-rounded fly-off, and ugh, they've got two of them now. Ridiculous. It's not fair. What else have we got here then? Jamie O'Connell gets in touch. He said, Good was Munster winning despite a certain pod's attempt to jinx them. Stares at Lee, he says. Well, when I, I found myself watching Munster for no reason. I'm not bothered about seeding and all that shit. I'm not arsed. Mm-hmm. I just found myself watching Munster thinking, I'd quite like him to win this. Yeah, me he, too. I think maybe it was the headdresses. It's, it's yeah, the thing. They did, they did focus on the crowd and I saw a big shitload of them in the headdresses and I thought, no, I, can't, I can't be fucking... Yeah. Reminds me of Roy. Was that story about Roy Keane when he wanted to sign Rob Savage? Have you heard that story? No. And he well, said, he said, I need somebody. Oh, when he was at Sunderland, yes. he said, I need somebody yes, who, you know, he's going to be a solid guy in the park and go to the dressing room. He said, I put phoned him foot, up. Put his foot in. Yeah. Yeah, put his foot in. He said, I phoned him up and his answer phone said, What's up? Give me a <laughs> ring back. He said, and Roy Keane says, I put the phone down. I didn't ring it back. I thought, I can't be fucking signing that. And, it was just, and that's the exactly thing with Exeter, as much as I really yeah. like them. Then you look at, and then they're not bad people in the crowd, they're not. No. But you look at them and you just go, I, I can't be fucking wanting these these people no, to win. Cannot be doing I'm sorry. That. And, you know, it's not I can't bring myself to do it. For the vague racial things, although, you know, perhaps equally. Or if I see a Saracens fan in affairs, I just think, no, yes. never, ever <laughs> can I ever root for you. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so sorry, I wasn't trying to jinx anybody, but I never am, I suppose. I just forget that no. that's what happens. But um, <laughs> what else? Dan Elkin got in touch, and he said, good was VP Nell's hitch kick step, then offload against Montpellier. Poor yep. Yeah, I forgot about that. You know, not just the Harlem Globetrotter shit, then this as well. Yeah, yeah. he's... He was he was basically being the full on Hollywood prop on Friday night, wasn't he? He was, which I I don't think I like the idea of as a concept, but no, I enjoyed it for the brief time I saw it. Absolutely into it. James McKillop gets in touch. He says good was Robert Balukan. Lots of chat about Jacob Stockdale, but the, you've had a bit of a you've had a autocorrect problem here because you said Robert Balukan. Lots lots of chat about Jacob Stockdale, but the Provence may have unearthed another potential star. Is he French? <laughs> Maybe. No, but the province, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. and they haven't heard another, another potential... Le Provence? Le, Le Provence. Yeah. 
which are actually, if you are auto-correcting to Provence, suggest you type that a lot. Yeah, you Jay, go to Provence. Which suggests a lot. that you're you're quite you know you're yeah, going you're quite some very nice holidays. You're, you're quite the international jet setter. Yeah, <laughs> especially for a man from you know. Presumably I think if I from... type PR into mine, the auto it auto correct a prick. Or yeah, something like that. Let's, let's find out. <laughs> Actually, yeah, let, let's find out. This could yeah. be a nice little ending to the uh, this, this can... to, to the thing. Oh, I want to get to the bit where I can get some auto. PR. Oh no, that's mine's quite boring. Mine just says provide. Pro- probably pro- mine says. Uh, uh, oh, that's fucking. That's really that's fucking. Bad, that's, isn't not, it? that's not the fucking. I'm sorry, guys. I thought brilliant, that was going to be a big payoff a there. Brilliant and gag that we were hoping to sign <laughs> off on. No, that was a bit of shit. Oh, it's it? amazing how many times that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Well. Thank you very much, everybody. Josh, enjoy your lovely trip, won't you? I shall. I shall. I, I look forward. I wonder Almost. if I can just offensively, loudly blast that just at all times. <laughs> I bet nobody's ever done that. No, no, Especially as a slightly, slightly pasty English bloke, you know, yeah, walking yeah. down the street. Yeah. And I'm like, fucking knobhead. Or whatever the <laughs> California version of that is. <laughs> speak to you, you soon. I'll tell you what the California Yeah, you can do, yeah, when you do it, yeah. Back. Yes, I'll speak to you all in a couple of weeks when I will be comically tired. Yes, well, that's to look forward to. Next Indeed. week we are re we are resurfacing the rugby seven idea that we did before yes. the autumn international. We look back at seven sort of things from the past which we find interesting to share with you. We're doing that next week, uh, and I'm doing it with Mike Bubbins. I think and that, that was the yeah, plan. I must fun, ring him and confirm because if one person knows things about the past, it's Mike Bubbins. He is. So, he is. He is an absolute past expert. That man, yes. a rare true north, if ever I've met one. So we will speak to you all soon. Take care. Goodbye. Ta-ra. See ya. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.